0: Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. The first thing you notice when you meet Arthur Arbiser, besides his head of floppy hair and his big round glasses, is his upbeat attitude. He radiates positivity, and you get the impression that he always has a sunny side view on the world. It's a perception that is further supported by the fashion he creates, which is colorful, often with graphic motifs, and rich with artistic references that span many different fields, from architecture and paintings to sculpture and ballet. His sartorial style is eclectic and original, and it perfectly dovetails with his own creative history, as a designer who was born and raised in Vienna, Austria, studied at the prestigious Central Saint Martins College in London, and for many years now calls Milan, Italy his home. To tell you how talented Arthur was right off the bat, after graduating from college he was hired by Giorgio Armani and worked alongside the famed Italian designer for seven years before deciding in January 2013 to launch his signature brand. That same year he was a winner of the Who's On Next competition in Italy. And then he began to generate quite a lot of positive reviews from the likes of Susie Menquez for his work, and in 2015 he was a finalist for the LVMH prize. Today, Arthur is balancing not one, but two creative hats on his head. Not only does he design for his own signature brand, he's also, since September 2017, the creative director of the esteemed Italian brand Faye. In fact, we met up in the headquarters of Faye in Milan to do this podcast interview as he was prepping for his next presentation for the house, and it was there that he opened up about just how deeply architecture and design influence his old-world approach to fashion how not being an Italian designer helped him to make his mark in Milan, and what it takes to design for two fashion houses at once. After our chat, what I took away from our conversation was that as much as Arthur is an upbeat, fun-loving person, he takes his work and his love of fashion very, very seriously. So, take me all the way back, Arthur, to the beginning. What was your first connection with fashion?
1: Um, I guess it all came through growing up in Vienna and having parents that were crazy about the theater the opera and the stage so even though they don't work in that field they took me a lot and I became a sort of opera nerd and went literally three times a week on a standing for like 20 shillings back then which is like two euros Mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, and saw three times a week an opera basically when I was 13 when my friends were like listening to I don't know cool music I was a nerd I turned cooler when I got older then but um, I don't know wait wait wait
0: so what was your favorite opera then I'm very um, curious
1: I think it was Elektra and Salome both from Richard Strauss both really possessed sort of women tragic women figures and uh, which I obviously I don't know my fantasy went wild. But what I, um, what I understood back then is that the, the, the power of a dress, the power of a costume as well, mm-hmm. how it changes your posture, how it changes your appearance. And I think really the, 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 the richness of color, richness of fabrics, mm-hmm. these things, I don't know. I, I, I guess it was my first sort of idea that I was really into the idea of clothing and fabric Mm -hmm. and and color. And um, through that route, I think it was the 90s and I read all the magazines and it was all about models and it was all about John Galliano and McQueen and Stella McCartney being at St. Martins. And it was this moment of like, and I got so obsessed with the idea of studying fashion at St. Martins that it had only that... Mission. Did you only
0: apply to St. Martin's with yes. school? Like that was it? Yes. Oh my and god! And thank
1: God it worked out. <laughs> yeah. I was at the military service in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I had to do the military you did, service. You right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dreadful, terrible. But looking back, somehow not that sort of useless at the end of the day. Because, How so? Because you learn certain. You learn to shut up. Just shut up and do your thing sometimes. And um, even though I just had, I had in my mind that this is for a, for only. Uh,
0: those a short months, period of time and then yeah. I'm
1: out of here out of Vienna gone mm-hmm. and, um, and I told them that I need one day off and go to London and apply to study architecture because I couldn't tell them that I want to study fashion and I remember that this I don't know general told me well why the hell do you have to go to London to study architecture you can do that in Vienna as well <laughs> but anyways I went for a day very and smart got move it.
0: very smart <laughs> move no
1: I just thought the next few months I can't handle it oh
0: my god they oh will tease god. me But so then tell me what it's like to, I mean that is the fantasy of everyone who wants to be a fashion designer is to go to Central Saint Martins what is the ambiance like there? Granted, you talked about the time of Stella and John and all of that, but you, while you were there, what was it like?
1: The great thing was that we were still in Charing Cross Road in the old building of St. Martins, mm. um, where actually these students had studied as well mm-hmm. and where, I don't know, lots of fantastic people had passed through those doors. And um, there was Louise Wilson screaming in her office at the MA. There was uh, lovely Howard Tangy, beautiful illustrator, our main tutor for the third year and second year of Women's Wear. I, I loved it. It was freeing and it was um, inspiring. It was a very important part of me becoming. Me you. The main thing in, at St. Martin's was that we need to find what's good inside you and pull that out. No one actually gave you something on top and so that's the way it's done. Mm-hmm. So there was something really freeing, there was, they were invigorating, I loved it, super fun.
0: Well then, so explain to me, because a lot of Central St. Martin's it's like the idea is you go out and you launch your own brand and you become your own label and it's, you know, that was mm. the whole, again at that time that was really very much the thing to do is launch your own brand. Yeah. What made you decide, I'm not going to launch my own brand? Because this, again, this is something that I've actually advised younger students to do. Mm -hmm. Like Go and make your mistakes at a house, Mm -hmm. and then launch your own company. What made you decide to take that step back and, and not go out on your own right away
1: I think even back then this I wasn't even thinking of doing that I was not hmm. that self-confident uh, back then okay. not that I'm that self-confident today but anyways <laughs> I worked very hard in my final year that was basically the only year that I worked really hard before I was very cleverly floating around okay um but um but that year I worked really hard and then all I wanted was it was finished with London I was sort of like move on I want to go somewhere else learn it a Mm -hmm. different way. I was after some more quality and a little bit more serious, Mm -hmm. serious fashion world. That was my fantasy. I spoke a bit of Spanish, so I thought, why not go to Milan? Okay. Oh, why not go to
0: Milan because you speak
1: Spanish? That makes total sense. Yes. And um, I literally had my graduate collection um, in a little photo book and I left it at Dolce Gabbana at Versace and Armani with the doorman at mm-hmm. the entrance in Borgo Nuovo in Via Gesù mm-hmm. and all the mm-hmm. the places in Milan and um the people from Armani actually called back. I mean, this little lookbook Which and the CV. Which is crazy yeah, because crazy. Like, that just never like, happens. It sounds like in the 60s. Or yeah, something. exactly. But, That's totally a 60s But it was story. 2005. And anyways, I left it. And then someone from the Emporio office actually called and said, yeah, we received the CV and your little booklet. And I wrote a nice little letter. Why don't you? And I did. Uh, my whole graduate collection was only yellow. And apparently yellow is the one color that Mr. Armani hates. But anyways,
0: <gasps> no. I went then for
1: an interview. And um, they were really, yeah, with my bad... Sp- sp- Spanglish Italian thing Mm -hmm. and I think they were kind of like charmed also they thought this kid is kind of cute and has good energy and fun why not get him in basically (laughs) but anyways and then I started working there and stayed for seven years
0: Mm -hmm. and so what would you say that working with Armani taught you I mean you you had this great experience you know freeing yourself expressing yourself at Central Saint Martins Mm -hmm. and then Armani there was a certain rigor and a certain style there so tell me what that brought to you
1: what I learned there really was the was that fashion is about diplomacy as well and mm. about um, learning to adapt, learning to understand what, what your surrounding is all about. Mm. Um, I wasn't there to like... Clearly, I wasn't there to like change Mr. Armani's No, no, that's style never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Yeah. But it was also fantastic because I also said my opinion sometimes and he, was, he really enjoyed that. Okay. Because, you know, when people get so famous and so big that they, they are surrounded by people that say yes to them all yeah, the, the yes time. yes men. The yes men. So, I mean... I didn't. I wasn't uh, unpolite, but like I expressed my opinion, and sometimes it went well, and sometimes it went less well. But he he appreciated that, and what was great that I got a lot of responsibility pretty pretty soon and mm-hmm. I traveled literally the world and I was like I had this exclusive talent of speaking English as well which is a, you know in uh, an yes. Italian company sometimes is also something uh,
0: very exceptional
1: exceptional and so I had I had to do a lot of international things whether it was in Hong Kong or, or I don't know take care of Rihanna when she did a project for a like mm-hmm. fun, fun things yeah. as well for a 26 year old or mm-hmm. something back then and, um, and so I learned more about the business and the way the way it works and and probably a little bit less about aesthetics in that sense personally because in my mind I had already my my taste. And then I turned thirty and I all of a sudden knew I don't wanna stay here forever. I'm not I don't have a family. I don't Mm -hmm. wanna get a mortgage and buy a house basically. I'm I'm actually so 30
0: was the kind of, the, 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 the light went off in your head and said, it's time yes. for me to step out.
1: And I finally felt like confident enough and I also felt like, you know what, life is too short. I mean, if this goes completely wrong, yeah. at least I have tried and um, it, it's worth trying. Yeah.
0: For somebody who's listening to this podcast and never has had the pleasure of seeing one of your collections, can you talk about what the Arthur Arbister line is? Like, how would you describe your aesthetic to somebody who doesn't know you?
1: When I When I started, I thought like, you know, if I do something, I need to do something that is 100% me, whether mm-hmm. it's appreciated or not. But that's the only way, especially after seven years of working mm-hmm. in such a corporate company. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what I'm really happy about, um, about what I've been doing so far, is that it, that it's really true to to myself. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, to please, I'm not trying to shock as mm-hmm. well. I'm like a very sort of... Ch- gentle soul mm-hmm. that is appreciative of the arts of architecture design mm-hmm. this is like lots of my friends here in Milan are architects and designers and curators who then buy my clothes mm-hmm. this is a lot of women talking of which women who are um, somehow in the creative field having to do something with architecture and design they really appreciate mm-hmm. my prints my colors mm-hmm. um, i love i love graphics i love a charm mm-hmm. somehow also to to a, to a clothing i don't want to to do things that are overly intellectual. I don't want to do things that are aggressive. I'm Mm -hmm. not a streetwear designer. I'm like someone old school as well somehow because I think the Viennese background comes through this a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. You can see that I'm someone that is a bit of the old world. But I mean, it is
0: really... Different than anything else that's happening here in Milan. I mean, it's more the aesthetic is closer to something the of the artistic, you know, uh, the prints, etc., of something that would be out of out of uh, London. You know, that's mm-hmm. the kind of more that kind of more creative spirit mm-hmm. comes from London. But was because you were already in Milan that you decided to show in Milan? Was it just a natural progression, or did you feel that the standing out was a was a beneficial for your brand? Yes,
1: I. I mean, I, I just thought that you know, international press comes four times a year with menswear as well. They're in town. You'll looking for new stuff for fresh for for personality for something that's uh that's different and I thought I had my fantastic set of friends Mm -hmm. here I had my partner that I'm together with for 13 years I have um these wonderful friends wonderful connections also through Armani uh whether it's fabric mills uh people that work with leather knitwear factories Mm -hmm. so I had already a little bit of a network here Mm -hmm. and I thought um why not why not use this and then me, by not being Italian, I have a certain advantage in mm-hmm. the city because all the German press, sort of, there was immediately a connection. Yeah. But just being yourself, I think, is something that is really rewarded here mm-hmm. in Milan.
0: Did it make a big difference when you won the Who's On Next?
1: it was great it mean, it's the only uh, competition in Italy that yeah. is sort of like uh, that, that, that has a good standing in mm-hmm. a sense and so it, it definitely was very good for the Italian press that yeah. you, because everybody knew what it's all about it was great for me to meet Franca and it was wonderful actually through Who's Our Next I met Susie uh-huh. she was in the jury back in, the, uh, back in Rome and mm-hmm. um, she was I could tell immediately back then she was the one rooting for me mm-hmm. and um, and and that also created a connection and friendship.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about being an independent because I mean it feels like every house under the sun in fashion is part of some stable or mm-hmm. big group or big company and yet you have your own little independent brand. Is it would you say is it harder today to be an independent brand or do you would you say that there are benefits to being an independent brand?
1: I mean, it's it, as I always say it's it's torture actually. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be completely mad to do this <laughs> because it's it it is it is detached from any sort of reality and, and, and sense. I mean mm-hmm. whoever knows the work that goes into 10 minutes of a fashion show um, the, the the money that you are desperately trying to find somewhere continuously mm-hmm. and pour it back in yeah. and it's out again. Mm-hmm. It's like it's literally something that like it comes in and it stays for like half an hour on my bank account and it's out <laughs> again paying some fabric mill somewhere else. But it's worth it. I know very well that this is a, a luxury. It's, it's, it's almost like a I'm a sort of romantic uh, person that like allows himself this dream in mm-hmm. a weird way, which obviously is happening also thanks to collaborations mm-hmm. for other well, now brands. You're,
0: now you're also working with Faye. Can you talk to me a little bit about balancing and distinguishing between your own self and your own signature brand and mm-hmm. what you're doing here at Faye?
1: The great thing about, exactly about being um, aware of the luxury and the beauty of doing your own brand is also because when you work for a big sort of bigger corporate company again like Faye which is part of the TOTS group you know, you are immediately again reminded what it means if the merchandising tells you, no, the skirt has to be longer and we can't do the blue and mm-hmm. we need the black. I mean, so, which is all fine because once you have your own little playground, which is my line yeah. of where you can express myself, I'm much easier of in in, in, in sort of like...
0: The more corporate side of things. Because exactly. you, can, you can deal with those restraints in, at Faye because you have this other place Exactly, to
1: exactly. But here is something which is at Faye is something that is... Um, also I learn a lot because first of all I do menswear for the first time. Mm. Um, it's a wonderful, beautiful company in the Marche area in, in Italy where really the people that work there are exceptional, I must say, in mm. terms of quality, in terms of know-how. It's the whole Tots group. You really know that they're like they're fantastic shoemakers yes. they do fantastic accessories. So the company is something I learn I learn a lot. And it's I'm also inspired with by by conversations with Diego de la Valle because he's obviously a very quite a smart <laughs> and fantastic smart guy and fantastic character so yep. there is actually um, I'm having actually a really good time because I feel like it's a healthy balance between my own world and and
0: fame. But let's talk about healthy balance because mm-hmm. not many designers can do one collection, one you know, one brand, let alone two. How are you dealing with work life balance? What do you do to like disconnect and be mm-hmm. you know and be inspired to you know? boost those creative juices?
1: I am... I I mean, if if I'm honest, I must say uh, there are moments of edge, Mm -hmm. of very edgy moments where I feel like I'm going actually mad. But Mm -hmm. theoretically, (laughs) um, I think what really helps me is very basic thing, my friends and people mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with fashion, and mm-hmm. there are lots of them around me. I mean, my, my boyfriend has uh, bone marrow transplantation, so he, mm-hmm. he has something, Is a completely Yeah, that life. helps. They um, put your
0: feet back on the ground immediately. You're immediately, like, <laughs> exactly.
1: You don't complain at all about the late delivery of a exactly. roll of fabric. But also um, work that I will do now in the future more, that is with theater, ballet. I do opera costumes for a production next year in Berlin at the opera. I did just now ballet costumes for the Vienna State Ballet uh, for the New Year's concert. These were things that I enormously enjoyed because they yeah, they, they are, they go
0: back to your roots as a yes. child.
1: They go really back to the roots. And now I'm really looking forward to this opera in Berlin because also they're a fantastic director, wonderful singers, mm-hmm. incredible conductor. I mean, it's like my heroes and all of a sudden I am, I am working with, with them. them. So oh, that's great too. That's
0: fantastic. One of the thing that's really changed within the, the fashion industry is the advent of social media and uh, social media platforms and, you know, uh, apps like Instagram. Can you talk about how you're using it or how it's affected the way you work as a designer?
1: Um, For me, as an independent designer, I can only say that it helped me a lot to get my message out there. Mm-hmm. It helped me a lot to meet new people. Like there is like some friends from Lisbon that came now to the show that I've never met before that I only met through Instagram. Your and Instagram was, friends. Yes, <laughs> and it was like fantastic. If you are an artist, if you are a designer, if you are someone that tells stories mm-hmm. like you, it's a wonderful platform to like, you know, spread mm-hmm. spread your voice, spread the message, um, show also your aesthetics. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a really, you, you can be really creative actually of how things look and you mm-hmm. can, you know, uh, really sort of, underline your message Mm -hmm. uh, visually as well Um, I would never like post too many I don't know me on the sofa hungover on a Sunday morning I'm not that kind of guy or like my my dinner or something Mm -hmm. like this but um, I really use it as a tool for work and have Connections and build friendships as well and um, and also collaborations mm-hmm. and things like this photographers that write to you stylists i don 't know illustrator in kuala Lumpur yep. i mean it's incredible how small the world all of a sudden gets and how you how you can really make beautiful friendships and connections even through this medium so it's I I see it as a positive thing.
0: Okay. So the generic, I have the five fashion, you know, the five generic fashion questions I'm going to ask you in a minute, but one extra generic question for you. Where do you want to be in five years? Where, what do you have a, a, you know, a long-term plan, a vision of what you want to be doing?
1: I hope that sooner or later some kind of partner comes in on the board. I don't Mm -hmm. mean a big group or something, but someone that understands a little bit better of business because I am really a dreamer, sort Mm -hmm. of. And I'm only standing because I have this incredible group of friends and supporters that really help me make this drama of mm-hmm. a fashion show possible every mm-hmm. six months because actually our team, like we are four four mm-hmm. people in a small studio, all my ex-students, because mm-hmm. I teach at the university in Venice as well, always from April to, to July, mm-hmm. and um, they're all extremely dedicated to what we're doing, and, and then from, you know, press office to other people yeah. that are all 100% behind my, yeah. my project, and that makes it all possible. Um, so ideally at one point, if someone comes in that takes away a little bit of that pressure, that yeah. fragility, gives a bit of stability, would actually be ideal, even, that, even if it's a company, I don't know, that produces maybe yeah. the garments or, yeah. or some, some, someone like mm-hmm. that. Um, Somebody to take
0: the pressure off.
1: A little bit. So that's in the next few years, like a, a partner that, that ideally you, you trust and, and understands your, your language and your vision, that would be fantastic to find.
0: Good. All right. I'll put the word out. Um, all right, so the five generic fashion questions. The first question is, what is the, your favorite piece of clothing that you own? What's the one thing you adore? Yeah, my, you, my... you personally.
1: Um, I think it's a very old sort of like Carhartt um, workwear jacket, which I, which I just love. Or no, even better? No, that's even better. No, my, my lederhosen, my Austrian, my Austrian traditional gear actually. Well, you which... put
0: those two together and that'll be quite an
1: outfit. Which I got when I was... 18, I remember my dad asked me Do you, what I want for my, um, uh, when you graduated school, and normally my brother and my sister both got the driver's license, license paid, yeah. and I wanted to have those leather pants out of beautiful leather handmade in the mountains in Tirol in Austria by this wonderful woman who I still I'm still in touch I can hardly fit into I was, them that was anymore my, next question. <laughs> my father said even back then you know that you have to fit into those pants your whole life so anyways um I still have them and they're beautiful and I really have to like <gasps> suck in and then close it up a little but, bit of spanks exactly <laughs> but they're but they're beautiful and um there's my initials stitched in on the side and everything. It's really cute and this woman also that that, that 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 did those pants like really follows my my career so it's really sweet apparently in her studio in this like really rural mountain are
0: so cool. uh,
1: like little clippings of of magazines of you. Mm-hmm. really cute
0: um okay well then how about for women if uh, a woman only has a certain amount of money that she can invest in clothing is there one what is the one item of clothing that you think that she should really invest a lot of money in
1: Um, I always think that a great coat makes Mm -hmm. the difference because if you have a well cut coat, it empowers you, you have a different walk and swag and you, Mm -hmm. you can really dress it up and down. So I would go for a really good coat. Okay.
0: What about, um, which designer, um, do you love above all others living or dead? Who's your favorite designer?
1: maybe not the craziest, but I've always been a massive fan of Dries van Noten because Mm -hmm. he has really stayed true to his line Mm -hmm. and does his thing. And it's it's appreciated and worn by a lot of women out Mm -hmm. there in the world. And I love it that it's a bit not in fashion, but never out of fashion as well. So I have a lot of respect for that. And I see a little bit my tiny, tiny, tiny world is a little bit in that direction. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, for example, him, but whoever has a sort of idea and a vision and really sticks to that and 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 no matter what that these are the designers i admire, I admire. the most
0: okay two more questions what fashion trend will you never follow
1: um i will never follow i think the massive chunky sneakers sort <laughs> of like this mm-hmm. is, has never been a thing of mine and um I mean,
0: And never will be. And never
1: will be, yes. <laughs>
0: and then final question, um, what do you love most about fashion?
1: I think really fashion is a completely weird little planet actually that is completely detached from reality but is actually extremely close to reality as well. And I think it, um, whoever is really passionate about fashion, whether it's a journalist or someone that works in a knitwear factory mm-hmm. or a designer, mm-hmm. they are always sort of like... Um, mad and creative people and it's wonderful that fashion connects um
0: all of us mad crazy people
1: all of this mad crazy passionate people and um i think it's really it's really that i'm i'm totally a sharer um unfortunately i can't share a lot in terms of uh i don't know money but i'm a very much a sharer in terms of like doing things together living living the moment together Mm -hmm. and i think fashion is even though it's hard it's tough it's Annoying sometimes, but it's still a place that is actually quite, yeah, that is totally unique compared to what's going on in the world.
0: Arthur, I adore you. Thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> you are Thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Awesome.
1: Also, with you, we have been. Yay.
0: We've known each other for ever. Ages, ages. Ages. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry, and GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work-life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.